Well, good morning, guys. We'll get started. You can uh, certainly continue to eat while you listen, and then um, at the end, we'll have time for you guys to pray at your tables for one another as well. So if you're, if you're here for the first time, we do this on the first Tuesday of every month, so you can go ahead and plug it into your calendar and just count on it with the exception of July. So first Tuesday of every other month, come hungry and uh, plan on being here, so... Uh, what I, before we get into the scriptures here and worship and spend some time in prayer, I do want to let you know that if you're looking to get connected, so if you show up this morning and you're, maybe you're saying, hey, I really feel like I'm in a season where I, I need to be connected with other guys. I need to be intentional in this area. We've got fire teams that are meeting uh, really throughout the city on different days of the week. And so there are a lot of different options depending on your schedule and what works. Um, but we call them fire teams because it's, it's a, a military concept, really, that represents guys, four, five, six guys, being real intentional to walk with one another, being really intentional to have one another's back and to fight for one another. And so we have uh, a lot of really solid leaders who have just said, hey, this year I'm going to go after God. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to be intentional to pursue growth. And who's coming with me? So... Uh, our fire team leaders who are here, raise your hand if you're leading one of these fire teams. We've got Larry and Matthew and John over here and Steve in the back. So there's a whole list of these groups. There's a description of the group and a little bio of each of the leaders on the men's page on the website. So just log on to newlifechurch.org men and you can see a whole list of groups. But it's a good opportunity to, to get connected in with a group of guys who are going after the Lord. All right, let's pray. We'll dive into the scriptures just for a little bit, and then we'll have some time in, in worship and prayer. Father, thank you so much uh, for each of these men. Lord, you know them. You know them intimately. You know everything about them. You love them. God, words can't describe the love that you have for each of us. You're a good father. And so, Lord, open up our hearts and plant your truth in our heart this morning. Give us ears to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying to us. Encourage us by your spirit in Jesus' name. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. I want to take just a little bit and talk about uh, joy at work. And so I'm going to highlight a couple of scriptures. Now I'm going to bring up a couple of guys, Larry and Thomas. These are two different guys that I've seen over the years who've really walked this out. Just not having good days occasionally, but just consistently, year after year, I've seen joy, a deep joy in these guys, especially around the topic of work. And so I'm going to ask them some questions and, and uh, hear from them in just a second. But I think this is a huge topic for us as men because work is such an important thing to us. It's part of our design. It's how God has designed us as men. I mean, if you, we look at Genesis 1, the very beginning when the curtain opens and the story of God starts, at least where the Bible starts. Uh, this is what we see. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the very first sentence in the Bible shows us that God is at work. He's creating from the very beginning. It's who he is. He's a creator. Verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I love this picture. In the very beginning, this is... This is what there was, the Spirit of God hovering over the waters, ready to get to work at God's command. 
And then the rest of Genesis 1, God speaks, the Holy Spirit gets to work, and life comes forth. Life happens. God creating, forming, shaping. God essentially is at work in the very beginning of the scriptures. And then shortly after, he creates man. He forms Adam out of the dust of the earth. He breathes life into his nostrils. He has Adam, a man that was formed in the image of the creator. And then what does he do right away with Adam? One of the first things he does with Adam is he puts him to work. In verse 15, this is Genesis 2, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. What a beautiful start to this story. We're introduced to this working God, creating God, who creates his masterpiece, and he puts him to work. So this is, this is why uh, in our men's ministry, we want to be intentional to talk about work often. Because it's part of our design as men. It's how God designed it. It's just at the core, it's an important part of deep in us. We have this desire to work. We have this desire to, to not just work, but to be fruitful. And I believe God wants this to be a joyful experience. Sure, it'll be hard. Sure, it'll be challenging. It'll be challenging for all of us. But he wants us to experience joy, a deep joy, as we go about the work that he's called us to do. One of my favorite things to do in my role as men's pastor, I love to sit with a man over a cup of coffee and talk about what God is doing in his work. I, just, I draw life from listening to other guys talk about what God has called them to do in terms of of work, and I love to help men process their jobs and try to discern what the Lord is specifically calling them to do in their work. And one of the things I've seen often as I sit with different guys and talk about their calling, talk about their work, is a lot of guys have a hard time getting down to this layer of what is the Spirit of God specifically doing in your work. They have a hard time mining this gold out because. They get caught up with the frustrations of their work, the dynamics of their work that are challenging. Maybe it's the boss. Maybe it's they want more money and they're frustrated by the amount of income. Or maybe it's the culture of the company. But oftentimes, that, when we start this conversation, that's where they go right away. And, and many times, guys have said, you know, I'd be, I'd be a lot more joyful in my work if dot, dot, dot. If I had a different seat on the bus within the company, or if my boss understood me better, or if he wasn't so demanding, or if the culture wasn't so corrupt. And I can relate to, I understand those frustrations. I have a great boss, he's here today, I love my boss. <laughs> but I can relate with, in seasons of my life, I've had jobs where I've had a frustrating boss. I worked in radio before I came into ministry. And one day, my boss, I was recording this commercial. And he opened up the door. And he was this tall man. He was like six foot five. And he had this huge goatee. He had a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And he looked at me. And he said, you bleeping. He dropped the F-bomb on me. He goes, you bleeping shorty. Get out of my way. I was like, well, hello to you. So I understand what it's like to be in challenging work situations. And over the years, as I found myself in these different situations, the Lord has been so clear to me in terms of saying, Gabe, you don't have any excuse to not be joyful in this season. Essentially, God was saying, you have everything you need to be joyful in this situation where I've planted you right now because you have me. 
And it's easy for me to be like, well, if, if, if I had a boss who didn't drop the F-bomb and call me shorty, then maybe I'd be a little bit more joyful. But God is saying, no, no excuses. Because you have me, because I'm with you, you can experience joy right where I've called you, right where I've planted you. And so I think this is the invitation that God has for us as men. He wants us to be joyful. We don't have an excuse not to be joyful in our work because he's with us. And the good news is that the the Spirit of God, so the same Spirit of God that was hovering over the waters in Genesis 1, that exact same Spirit is at work in us, and He's at work in our workplace. Isn't that that really cool to think about that? To kind of zoom out and say, okay, yeah, there are frustrations, yeah, there are things that I wish were different, but wait a minute. At the end of the day, the Holy Spirit, who is at work in Genesis 1 in the very beginning, the exact same Spirit of God is at work in my work. There is something He is after where he's called me. There's something he wants to do in this place. And so he invites us to pay attention to what he's doing and cooperate with him. Psalm 127, verse 1, this is a great verse. Uh, It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Just think about that for a moment. Unless God builds the house, we're really building in vain. And the reason this is good news is because we can have confidence that God is building in our work. He is creating. He is wanting to produce a certain kind of fruit in every man's work. And there's not a single man in this room who can say, the Lord is not building something right where he has me. It's impossible for any of us to say that because he's a a creating God, he's a building God, and what he does, he says, hey, lean in to what I'm doing. Let me show you. Push pause on some of your frustrations here and stop thinking about them so much. And instead, let me show you what I'm building here. And then he says, hey, why don't you join me and build what I'm building? And the results are a lot better when we build what he's building rather than trying to build what we think needs to be built. Amen? Okay, this is, I want to highlight one more scripture before I bring up Larry and Thomas. Uh, John 15. This is, a passage that, uh, if you were here on Sunday, Pastor Brady talked about this. We're in a series right now uh, called Tuned In, and you probably know that, but it's just a, it's a great, important teaching on hearing the voice of God. And one of the things that Brady has been emphasizing is every man can hear the voice of God. It's not just for certain people. It's for sheep. We're all invited to walk with the shepherd and to listen to his voice and to discern what he's saying to each of us. And so he talked about this this passage on Sunday, John chapter 15, uh, verse 4 and 5. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. Let me just ask you a question. Think about your work and your daily life as it revolves around work. Is this a picture that would describe how you go about work? And this is a, this is a question I ask myself too. Just because I'm in ministry doesn't mean it's any more easy for me to be reminded that God is with me. I still have a tendency to, at times, try to 
charge ahead of God and go about it in my own ideas, in my own strength. And he just brings me back and says, wait, are you building what I'm building? Are you doing what I'm doing? And so this is what he wants to see from each of us in every area of life, including work, to be reminded that he's the vine, we're the branch, and that as we're going about our work, as we're going about our daily lives, the invitation is, hey, abide in me. Abide in me. You're the branch. I'm the vine. This is how it's going to work. Stay close to me. Keep in step with my Holy Spirit. Be discerning as you go about your day. Lean in. Pay attention to what I'm doing. I'll highlight different things throughout the day that I want you to do, that I want you to accomplish. And we learn, we learn to abide in him. We learn to renew our minds, to stay focused, to be reminded that the presence of God is near. And I think it's so much more intriguing to approach the day this way, to say, okay, God, I've got my to-do list. There are things that I know that need to, need to get done today. But what are you up to today? Who are you introducing me today, God? What are you building today? What is your spirit doing today? Give me discernment. Give me ears to hear. And then as I go about my day, it, it transitions from, okay, I'm just doing the thing, you know, A, B, C, D, E, to saying, God, what are, you at? what are you doing? And I think it's intriguing. It causes me to lean in. And then it causes me to see what he's doing in areas where maybe I had missed it in the past because I'm looking for it. And again, the thing I want to emphasize, this is what he has for all of us. No matter what the details of your day look like, no matter the work, God is saying, hey, I'm, I'm at work here. I want you to listen to me. I want you to pay attention to me. I want to show you specifically what I'm doing in your work, what I'm building. And so Thomas and Larry, if you guys want to come up here, we'll, we'll take just a couple minutes. And I want these guys to speak into this as well. Thomas uh, has been a, uh, a man that I've known for probably uh, four or five years. And my first impression of Thomas, I thought, man, that guy's smiling all the time. Maybe I just see him on a good day. And I remember specifically one day I walked into one of the rooms here at the church and he was painting and, and he was just so joyful. And I was talking to him about what he was up to and his work and he just started, it just started gratefulness, thankfulness started out, just flowing out of his heart. And it was so clear that this man who was sitting there with the paintbrush loved his job. And so I listened to him for about 20 minutes as he was painting. And I was like, God, this is amazing. I can learn something from this man who, who views his work as worship. This was what I learned that day. And it wasn't just that day. I've seen it time and time and time again from this man. So Thomas, why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you've uh, arrived at this place where you do experience joy as it, as it relates to work. And tell the guys really what, what is a a typical day look like for you? Well, I've been in maintenance for, I stopped counting 25 years ago, and, um, or, and uh, I remember even as a young kid being in the maintenance field um, that there was, we were always doing jobs where there was trouble. And so it, you either go down two paths. You either go down the path of, man, this is stressful and uh, this job stinks and everything and um or you you find god in every little problem that can be you know 
brought back to, you know, um, like our God is a God of order. So it's, you know, if you can bring it back to its fullness, uh, I, I just kind of felt a part of uh, what God really wanted me to be. And I remember one um, uh, one time, it was many, many years ago, I was working as a maintenance guy um, with a, a large mission called Wycliffe Bible Translators. And they, they had a headquarters in California. And uh, I remember, um, you know, unclogging the toilet and just going, man, this job stinks. It's really bad. It was, it was a bad one. And, uh, and so I remember thinking, Lord, you know, why am I doing this? Because I've got visions. You gave me a vision and, and, um, and I've got dreams and I've got things to share and big things to do. And, and so why am I doing this? And then the next work order came in and it was um, to install a keyboard drawer under the president's um, desk of Wycliffe Bible Translators. So I'm like, okay, this is switch gears and, and go for it. And as I'm installing it, he was there. And what I didn't know is that the Lord had been speaking to him saying, um, you know, I, I want to tell you something. And so he, I didn't know this. So his first question to me is, Thomas, has the Lord been telling you anything? Yeah. And I was just like, a matter of fact, yes, I just, you know, and so I shared this vision that I had just had and, um, and, and we had this great conversation and everything. And it, it and it ended up being that the vision was, um, important direction that he was lacking to move this mission forward in this area. And I couldn't believe it because I had just come from like unclogging a toilet, you know? And so and from that day forward, I actually um, embraced the moments that there was no job too small, working unto the Lord and, and realizing that, um, that if you're faithful in the little things, that the moments will come, I mean, just r especially right after. If you're at your lowest moment, um, I've seen God time and time and time again turn it on its head. That's his specialty. He just, um, he's done it to me a million times. And, um, and so from now forward, I realize that I don't care if I'm painting. I don't care if I'm changing a light bulb. Um, it is part of furthering the kingdom. And, and the Lord can still speak through you and is watching to make sure that you're working unto him so you'll receive an inheritance from him, not from man. Yeah, that's, and, that, that's really good. That's a good point. Yeah. Working unto the Lord, no matter what you do, just like the scripture says, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. And Larry and I were talking about this recently as well, the importance of as we go about our work, keeping him front and center, making, keeping God the boss, and, and going about work as worship. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. You know, I think uh, we talk about joy at work, and really joy comes from his presence. It comes from the time that we spend with him, and then you bring that to work. You know, we learn our time with him produces the fruit of the Spirit, and it really is salt and light. He'll put us in the middle of adverse situations. And you as somebody in the, you know, they're looking for that. People are looking for something different. When you go through 
the hard things. God doesn't take you out of the hard things. But out of the time that we spend with him and, and that fruit of the Spirit starts to happen in our lives, there's something that comes out of that that really, the world, as it gets a little darker, it's a little easier to see light. You know, if something is different and it doesn't come from your job, it comes from him. It comes from the time. And every man, that is so important, what Gabe was saying, every man has access. Every man. In fact, I would go so far to if you feel you're insignificant, you may have his attention a little more. He likes the least, the least guy from the least tribe. And you see that over and over in the scripture. It's just, are you willing to spend time with him? Will you do that? And what comes out of that is... You know, it's tremendous how it impacts and inviting him in so that that is a worship. What you do is a worship. It comes out of your heart and it is a worship and it has a fragrance about it. And, you know, I mean, we're <laughs> part of the reason we ended up down here is we were running pipe down in the basement. And, and it just it's nothing. It really is nothing. But you're enjoying yourself and you're worshiping in it. And there's something about that that has a has an essence about it that ends up being a blessing to people that, you know, are around that. And that's what the age, and you're looking for the other guy to do it, and it's you. Who, who are you with God's Spirit? These ignorant and unlearned men, what was different about them? They'd been with Jesus. They weren't that smart. I think he deliberately did that. They didn't have theological degrees. They're just regular old guys that spent time with the Lord, and something came through their lives that turned the world upside down. And that is so available to every man, just so available. I want to ask you one more thing, because I think a lot of guys are like, yeah, okay, I, I, I get it, it resonates with me, but I've got so much responsibility. I've got 16 hours to cram into a 12-hour day, and you, Larry doesn't, he's not on staff of the church, he has his own company, but this is something that you can understand as well. Yeah, I, I've done the 100-hour week. I know what it's like. You know, I can't talk to you because you're not in my Franklin. I didn't carve out five minutes. And it's interesting. Some of you guys that are super busy, lay it before the Lord and let him order your steps. Let him direct what you because he's going to simplify your life. He's going to make it. You'll lay in bed, you know, okay, here's my day. What the heck am I going to do? There's no way I'm going to get done. And at the end of the day, ooh. You're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And you're going to, how did, how did all that happen? I didn't do that. I was just led. You just invite him in. You know, you invite him in the front door, invite him in the back room, in the bedroom. I, I would go so far as to say, you know, the areas that you're having trouble with, you haven't invited him in yet. Let him come in. Let him be a part. Ask the simplest things. Just ask. Lay the day before him and ask. Going into a meeting, ask. Be there, and then you'll be, you, of all people, will be the most surprised. How, how did that happen? Man, alive. I couldn't have done that. And you just, you just invited him in, you know. And, and, man, this earth is so needing him to be invited in to our lives so that there's something that comes through of salt and light. It's so important. Yeah. That's really rich. We don't have to twist his arm and beg him to come in. But we're not... A bother to him is like, God, I'm sorry to have to ask again, but, but he's he, his heart is he wants to be so deeply involved in our work, 
no matter what it is. Uh, before we go into a time of worship, I'll just close with this. I think a good picture for this is with surfing. I grew up in Kansas, and so I'm not a, an expert at surfing. I've been one time. It was an amazing experience. It was not pretty. It was not pretty. But uh, if you think about surfing, uh, if you go surfing, the key is to locate the waves and stay in line with the waves. We can't surf without the waves. We can't paddle enough to make it happen. We have to, we have to identify, okay, that's, that's a good set of waves. That's where I'm going. And then when you get there, you have to stay in line with where they're going to surf. And so the ocean provides the power and the momentum for surfing to happen. We just have to stay in line with where the waves are going. And it's a picture, I think, of, of staying in line with God. Unless the Lord builds the house, we, we, we labor in vain. He's building. He's creating. And so when we discern what he's doing, and then we commit to staying in line with what he's doing, then we'll see the results that he wants to produce. It's not trying to figure it out in our own knowledge, our own power. It's, God, what are you doing? And how can I stay in line with what you're doing? How can I, as Pastor Brady was talking about on Sunday, how can I be obedient to what you're speaking? As men, let's just make up our mind ahead of time. God, what you speak, I'm going to obey. And as I do that, I'm essentially going to stay in line with your wave and your momentum and what you're up to. So the last thing I want to highlight here is on the tables, we have some note cards there. And I wanted to have something that was practical that you could take away and so on the note card, I think with we, we had to set up some more tables, so we may not have enough, but you can just, as you get home, take a sheet of paper. And on that note card, here's the point of it, is ask God, what are you speaking over my work? What are you speaking over my company? And take time to discern what he's saying. Write it down. Keep that with you. And then stay in line with what he's saying. Renew your mind. Focus on what the Lord is saying as it relates to your work, and then be committed to walking that out. And you'll experience, you'll see him work in amazing ways. He is deeply, deeply interested in being involved in your heart and in your workplace. So let's pray. Then we'll go into a time of worship. And, um, and then at the end, spend some time praying around the tables. Father, thank you so much that, just like we were talking about, we don't have to twist your arm and beg you to be involved in our lives. It's the other way around. You, you stand at the door and knock. You beckon us. You call to us. You say, hey, I've got answers to that. I've got wisdom that could speak to that. I've got solutions to your problems. God, there is not a single problem that any of us face that you don't have a solution for. So help us to have ears to hear you. God, we repent for trying to build on our own apart from you. We repent of that. You're the builder. God, help us to be in line with what you're doing. Father, I pray for the men here that there would be a renewed sense of vision and purpose, Lord. That where men feel like they're doing a mundane and boring job, that they would shift their attention to you, offer it as worship to you, and that you would give them vision and purpose for that work. Lord, you'll be faithful to the, do that. And as men, we honor you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in Philippians 4, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Not when things are going well, always. And so let's practice that right now. Maybe you are not looking forward to going to your job today. And this is an opportunity as we go into a time of worship to do what the scriptures tell us to do, which is to rejoice in the Lord 
always. So I want to invite you to stand with me, men. Let's put the scripture into practice this morning. Let's choose to worship him no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're experiencing. May that be our anthem today as we go to work. Great are you, Lord. No matter what your day looks like, no matter what you're facing today, let that song that we started this morning just continue throughout the day. Great are you, Lord. What I want to do is just, uh, if, you're, if you're in a situation right now, maybe you are very discouraged in your work, or maybe you're looking for work. I just want to have some guys gather around you and pray for you. And so I know that takes courage. I know that's a little bit uncomfortable, but that's what brothers are for. Brothers in Christ were to surround you and pray for you. So this isn't going to be a real lengthy thing, but if that's you, if you, if we can just pray for you, just lift your hands if you're going through a difficult time. And that's just, if, if you see somebody with their hand raised, just put your hand on their shoulder. If not, you can just stretch your hands out towards these guys. We've got man in the back over here as well. Pray for him. So even if you don't know his name, just begin to pray that God would give him just a fresh vision or that God would open the door and introduce him to the right people for work. God, you see these men. Lord, you see them. You see their current situation. You have not forgotten about them. You have not overlooked them. And so, Lord, today, breathe life into their hearts in a fresh way. Speak vision to them in a fresh way. God, for the men who are looking for work, connect them with the right people, Lord. Open the doors in your timing, Father. Let a peace settle in their hearts. Your perfect peace, which goes beyond all understanding. Let your peace guard their hearts and their minds. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, bless these guys. Bless them, Lord. All right. Hey, isn't it good to start our day by worshiping the Lord together? So good. Well, I know some of you guys have to get going to work. If you do have time, feel free to stick around at the table, on each of the tables. We've got some prayer points. You guys can uh, certainly grab a refill of coffee and uh, spend some time praying through these points. And if you've got to go to get to work, we certainly understand. So great to see you, and uh, we'll see you real soon. <laughs>